Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. Seven ninety nine a month after thirty day trial. Starts automatically. Terms apply. Every time he sees me, his eyes light up. I can almost hear his heart beat faster. He looks at me the same way he did when we first met. For him, it's love at first sight every day. For me, it's heartbreaking. Loving someone who's living with dementia is not easy. For support, advice, or to make a donation, visit dementiasa.org. You're listening to Vuga Online. You are rocking with the best. Hope Makers Show, bringing hope to the world, one conversation at a time. You are on Hula Online Radio, and uh, when you hear that sound, you know it's the Hope Makers Show. Every Wednesday is Hope Day, as we say. And today I have uh, Regina Njima, uh, all the way, I like that phrase, all the way from uh, Nairobi. You are in Nairobi, right? Correct. I am in Nairobi. Which part of Nairobi are you? It's, my, it's, like, well, it's, it's like my city. It's like my city. <laughs> so I, I'm in Nairobi, the capital city of, of, of Kenya. Yes. No, but which yeah. part of Nairobi, man? Um, so I live in a city called Kileleshwa. It's uh, very near uh, CBD. So yes. it's like yes. less yes. than 10 minutes from, from town. I see that. You, you're actually lucky because... Uh, Although you still sit in traffic because Nairobi traffic, Nairobi's traffic, is, I don't know if it's still so bad after COVID uh, as we are, but uh, as you turn the corner there and you go around the curve and there's that little hill, uh, you still sit in that traffic for about a good 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Nairobi traffic is crazy. It's insane. So yeah. you have to kind of like plan around it. Yes. Um, so, you, so you really have to plan around it. So there are times you have to make sure that you are living and going out during times that are low traffic. But of yeah. course, there are people who don't have that privilege. So they yeah. have to go to work at certain times. Yes, yes. And I have Regina, as I said. Uh, Regina, uh, we always, before we even get to, get to the show... Highway Harley-Davidson. There are no words. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. It's Booga Online, your inspiration radio station. Regina, uh, uh, always, before we even get to, get to the show, we talk about the show, and um, they'll talk about hope and all, this, all, all things hopeful. Um, what do you want the listeners to know about you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I think I'd say, um, so definitely I'm African. <laughs> I identify first uh, as an African woman. I'm really proud to be an African woman. 
I'm passionate about uh, a number of things. I, I am very passionate about young people, youth. Mm. Um, I do think youth are the greatest asset on the continent, and I'm happy to share more about that. I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship and figuring out how to support all the amazing innovation and startup that we're seeing in the, on the continent. Mm. I I am passionate about building communities. I love intimate conversations. And I love being in intimate settings. I'm not the kind of person who thrive in talking to over 10 people. I'd really, I really, I love intimate conversations a lot and really mm. getting to know people. Um, I, I really do believe in an abundant world. I think there is a lot of opportunities for every single person. And we do not need to have a scarcity mindset of where we're not sharing ideas or resources. I think there is a lot out there for all of us, all the over 7 billion people on this planet. Um, I don't care about the planet and the environment. Um, I I think we should all be um, appreciative of that. And I love, when I'm during my free time, I love hiking. (laughs) I'm an avid hiker. Uh, I've been climbing almost all the hills and mountains in Kenya. My goal is to now go to Kilimanjaro then tackle a few mountains in, in Ethiopia, in Uganda. Yeah, and I love music. I love people. <laughs> I think that's a lot I've shared quite a bit. Wow, that's 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 good enough. And in fact, it, it, it's fascinating. Every time I ask this question, it's fascinating what, what people get to share uh, about them. And I don't, most of the time when I hear that, and, and, and I think that's the power of that question. Actually, I didn't realize up until now and uh, that actually it's my fault that people don't tell me what they do. <laughs> they really tell me about their passions and the the things that they care about, the things that make them, um, let, 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 let's say, things that make them tick uh, in many ways. So by all means, you, you have... Uh, you have passed tick. We'll talk about what you do as we as we go through. But I want to take an issue with you right from the beginning with something you said, because I, I I also want to continue to kind of challenge some of these concepts that we have. Because sometimes people think when you talk about hope, when you talk about uh, issues of positive psychology, when you think when you talk about um, uh, issues of uh, resilience and optimism and all of those things, people think. Um, we are being unrealistic and 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 and, and maybe um, a bit, yeah, unrealistic with the world. Let me stick to that. Mm-hmm. How do you not uh, think scarcity when it comes to, say, for example, an issue of IP? Because we we talk a lot. I think just off air, off air, you and I were talking about the whole this whole idea around abundance how do you live in abundance uh, if you're a musician and somebody takes your music and then they decide to record it and then distribute it to the world and make millions and you don't mm. okay I, I th- that's an interesting direction that you've taken that and, and but and also i do understand why you bring this up because yeah. it's been brought up a few times when i've talked about abundance Um, And and I think also just to clarify, I think when you talk about abundance, it's not that we are blind about the fact that there are people who are suffering. It's not that we are blind to the fact that uh, those who are struggling and there are 
it, not everyone has everything they want. Um, mm. I think it's more of a mindset of everyone knowing that there are enough opportunities out there for them, but of course there has to be an action on their part, but mm. there are opportunities out there for every single person to be able to just get that opportunity and be able to thrive and live a really um, a meaningful life. Mm. Um, the specific example that you brought up on music, um, I really wouldn't say that's, that's a balance because I also, I, I do think like for a musician who has created content, that's, that's such a, that's a creative process. And I do yes. think it's, it's, it's wrong when people take that and yes. they decide they're going to consume it without providing anything like not paying for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th I think that's totally wrong. So I think having an abundance mindset is not exploiting it's the same way that you cannot say or oh, not that we are abundant. We have an abundance mindset. We have yeah. this amazing planet so we can exploit the planet. I really yeah. don't think it's like that. It's like, yeah, no, of course we still have to appreciate what we have. And you have to appreciate the content creators and the people who are creative and people who are giving us content and figure out how we can still give them, pay them, of course, for whatever they produce, but figure out what can we do? What's, what are we passionate on? What can we do to make sure that we are grasping the opportunities that are already out there for us? It doesn't have to be getting mm. things that in an exploitative way. I don't know whether I was clear. Sure, sure, sure. It makes sense. Uh, so there's a balance there uh, uh, many times that says, because this is, this is, I think, maybe the big challenge when, when it comes to uh, people. Um, and then I think that's the head I'm wearing. When, when, when we start driving whole concepts around optimism, uh, as we call it here, Ubuntu, Ubuntu, this human humanity, uh, there are also powers that take advantage of the idea of uh, humanity. So as soon as you start opening your doors, as soon as you start being more uh, abundant with the world, there's systems that essentially then take advantage of that for their own benefit and exploit uh, many things. And I think that's a big challenge um, for mm -hmm. optimism in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk a little bit about hope. Um, you, it's been a very interesting uh, three years <laughs> since 2019 and then uh, co Corona uh, came upon us. And essentially, I, I don't know how it is in Kenya right now, but um, how has it been for you? How have you been coping, shifting as a leader, as a person that's working with entrepreneurs? Share with us some of your own experiences uh, of navigating the last three years at least mm -hmm. oh yeah um that's how uh, yeah so <laughs> i've quite a lot i'd like to share there but i'll try to summarize it sure. so obviously at the beginning of the covid pandemic it was it was very hard for me i i i'll have to just say that outright mm. and what happened was I so I was living in the US for seven close to eight years. Then in 2019, I had this urge. I wanted to come back to the continent. I really wanted to come back. And one of the ideas was um, 
and we're coming back to launch a company, the company, we still have the company now, but the idea was to have this company that would really help in catalyzing innovation mm. in Kenya, East Africa, then obviously um, across the continent. Um, and one of our initial product was a technology summit that you are doing in partnership with Singularity University. So yeah. come back, I'm very hopeful, I'm very excited <clears throat> that was 20, late 2019, September 2019. So we come back, we meet partner, we plan the summit, we do everything. We're super excited. The summit was supposed to be hosted in March of 2020. Uh, we get sponsors on board, we get the venue, we sell tickets, we literally do everything. And this was an 800 people event um, where it was both innovation leader, think of all the big company leaders within East Africa, from government leaders to amazing entrepreneurs and startup that were also coming to the summit. So we sell tickets, we are all in, we put in so much of our own capital. It's actually it's money that I had saved from the US when I came back, I was like, I'm putting everything into this company. And most of that was actually going into producing the summit. Then, of course, we started getting news of the summit and some speakers who are to come from Silicon Valley started canceling Sponsors who started saying they would not be, they don't want to bring their employees to such an event. So we had to cancel the event a month, two, uh, that was in February, and we had to just make a decision to cancel the event. So what happened essentially is I lost a significant amount of money. <laughs> like I really lost a lot. And for someone who's worked with startup, you can imagine. I followed all the right steps, all the advice that I tell startup on how to launch a business. So I followed yeah. all that, but I yeah. never anticipated a pandemic. I don't think yeah. anyone did. Yeah. So I lost a lot of my money myself and the partners had brought on board two partners. One was my former colleague, the other one was my sister. So everyone had put in money. So not only did I lose money, my partners also lost money. This was like significance in, like in, in dollars, like hundreds of dollars, um, yeah. hundred, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it was a lot of money yeah. and it was just, it was literally everything. So that happened. And, and of course, initially there was the shock, but also I was thinking, okay, fine. It's the pandemic. We can postpone the summit. We can still do this. Uh, but then of course the, the, the pandemic was prolonged. And even the time that we thought the partners would be able to come on board and still support us with that initiative, they could not do it. 2020 was just super, super crazy. Yes. So we ended up losing a lot of money. We had to return money to our partners. It was a, it was really dark for me. And I'm someone who I love creating things and I love working. So I just come back. I was idle. I had lost money. I did not know what to do. Everything was closing. And I got depressed. Like I really, I think I had one of the worst depression ever. Um, and I have a supporting family and friends who really helped me through that. Um, and, and during that time, what happened was I decided, okay, fine, it's fine. That's not working. And I knew I was not in a good place. Luckily, mm -hmm. I've done enough work with myself. So I was able to know, mm -hmm. I, I was able to identify, I was depressed very early on, which is, I think that was a huge blessing for me. So I didn't go deep. So I, of course, I started doing all the self-care and all the work that needed to be done to get myself out of that. And one of the things I decided to do was, okay, now I have time. I'm going to consult with anyone for free. I'll talk with anyone for free. Um, and from that, I started speaking to young people. And yes. then most young people would reach out to me. We'd have phone calls, WhatsApp conversations. 
then I realized there was one question that kept coming up from every single young person. And I want us to hold it there. Let's hold it there. I'm curious about that question, but we need to take a break. We actually were supposed to take a break like six minutes ago. So I am in trouble. Uh, So we're actually going to take a musical break. Uh, You are on Vuga Online Radio and uh, we are doing uh, the Hope Makers show. And I am uh, on the the line with Regina Njima. She is an innovative catalyst for creating an abundant African together with launching Kizo Africa and also co-founder of Kizo Ventures, bringing Silicon Valley insights to Africa startup and corporate leaders. She is passionate about the intersection of youth entrepreneurship, innovation, and technology. And we'll hear those words that she said to the entrepreneurs when we come back. Uh, Here's some music. Don't take credit. Unexpected coming from a bank. But just think about it. Using credit to finance a flashy lifestyle to show that you've arrived won't help you live better. What's new today is old tomorrow, except for the debt that you still have to pay. But do take credit to renovate your home, buy a more reliable car, or pay for your children's education. If that's your goal, then Capitec will help you realize your dreams. Because living better starts when you get credit for the right reasons. Welcome back to Vuga Online Radio and the Hope Makers Show. And just check us out on the Hope Makers Collective everywhere. So just follow us. This conversation is really just starting. This is just the first season of this show. We've already had some fantastic people that we've been talking to. I'm like so blessed, uh, Regina, to every time I sit here, I'm going to who are these people? Why am I talking to these people? You know, uh-huh. and, and I'm learning so much and I'm hoping as a listener, wherever you are, you are really learning a lot about this conversation. So just before we took a break, you were sharing a little bit about uh, this crisis. I mean, if, as you were mentioning, something was in my head, in my heart was going to, oh my goodness, I, I have not had, well, I've had lots of challenges. I mean, I've been in, an entrepreneur now for for what 15 years uh, so obviously had challenges but that is scary <laughs> what you just what you just described so you came through it and then you were saying you were sharing you decided you know what let me just serve and see where it goes i think at least that's my interpretation mm-hmm. of it. and then what happened yeah totally he said with a cup of coffee in his hand <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I also have to say, in addition to all like the disruption that happened to work and the disruption that happened to everything, of course, there was that concern of, hey, you have loved one, you do not want to lose loved one. Um, And I think all of us went through that where we are very, it's a a very stressful time. Um, I remember I literally took the position where I would constantly be on the case of my parents to isolate, to avoid people, to be careful uh, to a point where now <laughs> my family, uh, everyone just makes fun that I totally overreacted on, on how, because of how I, I dealt with it. I just, it was, I was very scared of losing the people I loved. So, yeah. of course, so I was dealing with that and I know that's something that all of us must have dealt with. 
or at least the majority of us must have dealt with to the disruption that happened to work to losing a ton of my savings and a lot of the investment that I put into, into the company. But I think the positive thing that came out of this, as I was just discussing before the break, was so I started talking to young people because I had time. It's actually the first time in my life since I left university where I had time and I didn't have anything to do. So it was it was good. So I was able to rest. I was able to take uh, some break. Then with the conversation that I was having with young people, I saw that there was a trend where young people would ask me more or less the same question all the time, like, what should I do with my career? I My parents told me to do this course. I've gone to university. I took a loan to do this course in the university. I've done it. I have the skill set, but I can't find work. Like, what should I do? And of course, there's a lot of frustration with that. Um, and I think for some of us, and probably I think most of us have actually experienced this and have seen the numbers. Africa, we have one of the highest youth unemployment rates. It's actually, it's really high. Um, in most cities, for example, in cities like Nairobi, it's up to 40% of young people are not employed. That mm. is crazy. Um, yes. So now, of course, and these are people who have taken their advice from their parents, they've invested their money, they're not lazy, they're working hard, they're educated, but they can't find job. So, of course, there's a lot of frustration and a lack of hope, and we really love uh, what you're doing, just giving people hope. So, of course, there's a lot of that. So, of course, I started mentoring them and coaching them and kind of like advising them on what to do. And from there, I realized, actually, there's an opportunity here. Uh, what I'm doing, because I was talking to a lot of people, I realized what about just creating a course where we can be um, just mentoring and empowering young people at scale instead of doing one-on-one, because essentially I was repeating the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for example, just to give you a specific example, some of the cases that I saw in Kenya was parents would advise young people to, hey, you need to become a lawyer, you need to become an accountant. They yes. get to those professions. Some of those professions are very much saturated. So they would go to university but not get jobs. And the thing that I realized young people did not know was that technology was disrupting all aspects of our life, every single aspect, in addition to work. And that, of course, created a lot of anxiety, but also it created a lot of opportunities. Mm. Um, so there are other... Um, courses or careers that young people were not aware of that they could be able to get the skill set and be able to get a livelihood from getting that right skill set and technically essentially that's what i was addressing the young people so that gave birth to our organization called kizo africa and the goal at kizo africa is to empower youth between the ages of 18 to 30 to be able to thrive in the digital era. So it doesn't matter whether you are a techie or you're not a techie, it's how can you get the skill set to be able to work in a future that's digital. Um, And here we are looking at all sorts of courses. It could be like hardcore techie courses, for example, blockchain, cybersecurity, AI, to other courses for people who perhaps do not care about coding and programming, where they can also look into other skill sets, for example, being a digital marketer, uh, learning how to do sk- sales by getting s- skill in, in all the software that's required to be able to work in the digital era. 
becoming a program, a project manager, program manager, and having the skill set that's required to be able to thrive in the digital era, because these mm. are also really amazing careers. Yeah. But yeah. So it was essentially giving them, giving them a shift, if I can interrupt you, because I, I don't want to us to make it about the work. I'm kind of getting the sense that, you, so you created opportunities um, for them to find a different way of being able to use technology and start disrupting their world, yeah? Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I'm curious about one thing um, here, if I can maybe deepen the conversation a little bit. For you, Mm -hmm. because you're doing all of these things for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're putting everyone, you say they're they're even laughing at you and how uh, bombastic your reaction is to uh, to this, which sounds quite familiar. What what about you at that moment? What what how were you getting all the energy to be able to do that? All of that stuff that you're extending yourself into the world for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and I think we it's the same thing that we're doing. I get a lot of satisfaction when I'm doing work that's meaningful. Um, it's actually for me, it's very energizing. It's actually it's a reason to wake up every morning and feel like I'm doing good. And actually it's way better for me than even for the young people. So I think just being able to feel like I have a purpose, I have a role, I'm not useless, I'm not idle, I'm adding to the world, I'm, I'm, I'm valuable to the world. That was able to heal me and I was able to get to a more positive space in actually within just within a few months. So it's something yeah. that I can say I did, but also it was very beneficial for me as an as an individual. Um, yeah. And also I think the longer we stayed in that, in, in the pandemic, I think yeah. the, we realized that this is gonna stay, it's gonna be, it's perhaps like flu, it's yeah. gonna stay, we're gonna live with it. So how do we learn to live with having, um, a, a, quote unquote pandemic at that time, but now I don't think it's a pandemic. How yeah. do we live and live like really just amazing lives when you're yeah. going through that? So of course I had to adapt yeah. very quickly, stop isolating myself. I was of course yeah. smart on how to interact with the people that I love. And yeah. like by the, by the end of the year, I had already started yeah. connecting with small groups of friends, family members, and, and it, it, it started feeling normal, just like really feeling normal uh, with all the fun. And I think this is something that I think we all went through. Yeah, and it's quite fascinating. Uh, I, I mean, I could have even predicted what your answer could be now based on the patterns of the 15 or so people I've already spoken about this season. Um, in a moment of hopelessness, uh, where do you go? And essentially people essentially say almost exactly what you say with different shades of application uh, serve uh, so it's extend your energy outwards to serving others so that it it feels something in you right uh, uh, but the second thing is this thing about purpose that people keep talking about right because uh, um, all of you guys seem to be so connected to this purposeful thing and so I, I had a, a conversation with Mike, uh, Mike Mogo at some point as well. And we had uh, uh, um, Rabbi Ezra talking about it. 
where did you get it? Where do you yeah. get this purpose? Because we, we want peppers. <laughs> so for someone who is listening, uh, how do they tune it in? How do, well, let's talk about you. Let's not make it theoretical. How did you tune it in? How did you find it? Oh, oh gosh. I don't think there is one way of figuring out your purpose. I think it's just it's, it's like the same way you just do a lot of things then everything comes together. Uh, but I think it's also for me it's a belief where I do believe this about myself and also I do believe this about every single person on this planet Mm -hmm. we all have a purpose in life I I don't think we're just here to go Mm -hmm. through life just go through life Mm -hmm. I think that would be very boring uh, because (laughs) there's, there's a lot of challenges that mm. we have to face. And of course, also like other amazing stuff that we all go through. And I do mm. believe um, all the challenges in every experience that we go through as a human being, it's in a manner to direct us to what we're supposed to work towards. Mm. Um, and it's not something that you're going to sit up down and write a plan and it's going to come to you. Like, of course, it's, it's amazing to have a plan. I'm not saying don't have a plan, but also some some of the things that you plan might not pan out you may plan to go this direction the Mm. universe might direct you in a different direction so Mm. it's like really learning how to adapt and just and looking back and sitting still and figuring out okay fine what is the universe trying to tell me what Mm. is here what does this mean for me Mm. um and also also just being doing a lot of self-reflection and having quiet moments where you I try, at least I try to do this. I'm not saying this is something that is a formula for everyone. Yeah. Uh, just having those quiet moments where you try to figure out like, when I'm doing this, how do I feel? Mm-hmm. And of course, those things that you do and you feel excited and motivated and you feel like you're literally at your best because we should all be at our best version of ourselves, whether you are 10 or 20 or 80 years, it doesn't matter. You really need to be at the best version of yourself. So really, once you do those self-reflection and you're able to feel like this is actually, this is making me feel so amazing, I think that's almost like the universe telling you, mm-hmm. follow that direction, like follow that path. Um, it might be challenging. It doesn't have to be the easier path, yeah. but it's, it's really, it's the path that really connects to your heart and just gives you that drive, that it's, it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't think we all have the same purpose. We have very different purpose. So just because, for example, Elon Musk is doing whatever he's doing, another mm. uh, Mandela did whatever he's doing, doesn't yeah. mean that that's the path we should all follow. Uh, mm. We all have our own path, and it doesn't have to be as massive or, or grandiose. It could be mm. something that's really small, that's very but small. Really has a positive impact. Yes, yeah. because I like that. I like I like the... The, the, the caveat that says, because not many, many times we're looking for these grand gestures, right? That says, oh, I'm going to feed a million people, a hundred thousand. Uh, when you find that actually all you need to be doing is living uh, whatever it is, the gift, living whatever it is that, that is your contribution to the world. Uh, mm-hmm. to the most immediate people around you. Sometimes it actually could be even family, right? Correct, yeah. It could be your purpose is to become the most amazing parent to your child. And, and that's mm-hmm. it. 
So yeah, yeah it, it's not for you to go um, <laughs> like create a revolution in the country. Like perhaps that's not your path. Speaking of the country, when we come back, um, uh, we, we will talk a little bit about and um, extend this conversation a little bit into the world. But uh, we'll be back uh, with uh, Richard and Jimmy uh, on uh, Vuga Online Radio and the Hope Makers Show. She is uh, an innovation catalyst for creating abundant Africa. We spoke a little bit earlier about abundance and this abundance mindset. And I think you, like me, are also. Uh, about connecting uh, connecting the different parts of the world, uh, Silicon Valley uh, insights into Africa startups. So we'll come back and talk a little bit about this connecting uh, the world thing. And while we're talking, think about it at the back of your mind, what is the one thing that you would want to challenge the listeners of this show to uh, um, as we, when we wrap up? when we wrap up the show. But for now, we need to take a quick break. You are on um, uh, the Hope Makers show. Wednesday is Hope Day. And thank you to Westwood and Greg and his team there uh, to, who are enabling for this program to happen. We'll be back after this. In many countries on our continent, gay people face discrimination and intolerance on a daily basis and their rights are non-existent. To find out more about what it's like to be a gay man in Tanzania, we are going to phone Anthony Mbise, a gay Tanzanian man. Central Prison Services. Hello? But we can't, because he's currently in jail for being gay under Tanzanian law. He has been in jail for over a year. Help us fight for gay rights on our continent. Go to the SA Human Rights website to find out how you can help. P.S. Anthony Mbise isn't his real name. Using his real name would only make his situation worse. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. It's Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. Yay, my people. Do you know your peoples? We, we talk about this peoples thing a lot. So if you're the listener of this show and you haven't really thought about it, uh, maybe you are avoiding something, ne? <laughs> So get in touch. Let's talk a little bit about how easy or how difficult has it been for you to find your peoples. Let's hear some of your stories. Maybe this is one of those stories. These are some of the stories that we'll get onto the show because actually that's an idea. Maybe I can, I can, I can actually uh, call in some people who are the listeners of this show to actually start talking to us about what are some of the experiences, not just of the show, but uh, of their own journeys of hope in this instance. But let's go back. Regina, uh, before joining Singularity, um, you worked for Com- Kenya Commercial Bank, and then you went to UNESCO, and then you went all you and ended up all over the world to the US. And you've been—it sounds like you've been all over the world. What is your sense about where the world is uh, right now? And, and, and particularly, let me ask it in a different way: Is there hope for the world? Uh, yes, there's definitely hope for the world. Um, and I think to answer that, maybe I'll answer your first question, sure. where the world is at now. Mm. So obviously a lot is happening. I think for people, I'd also say our generation, including you, I don't know how old you are, but I'd say... I'm ancient, people, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think we've seen this much turmoil. I think the last time we saw this or people who are living saw this was the Second World War. Yes. Then, and of course, with that, we had the Great Depression. I was not alive then. This is things that I read in the history books. But yes. those sounds like really dark moments. Yes. And now we literally we had a pandemic that was there for we, we, we are still now still learning to live with COVID, but we had a pandemic that was very crazy for I'd say a near plus where mm. we lost so many people, people died. You can imagine the kind of trauma that that created to human beings mm. when you lose a loved one and when you can't do anything like their countries where I, I, they, they're still suffering with the amount of mental um, illness that came from the trauma they went through from the pandemic. So mm. we had this crazy pandemic because we, we lost people that we loved. Mm. Um, from that, of course, people lost jobs. Um, mm. It's it, no human being, or rather the majority of human beings do not like to be idle. We are here, like it's really important for us to work and be able to, to, to do meaningful things. So people lost jobs. Of course, that also impacted their, with, with their mental health, mm. impacted negatively their mental health. Then, of course, capital was lost. Uh, we now we are in a recession. The U.S. is in a recession. A bunch of countries in a recession. We have the war that's happening in Ukraine uh, right now. So we are we are all feeling the use what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. There are now threats to China and Taiwan. It's there's just there's so much that's going on. Yes. And even and here in our in our continent, there's Tigray, there is Boko Haram, there's just a lot that's happening on the continent. So yes. I think it's just so much that's going on. And I think it's hard for us as human beings to be able to just to deal with that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it's very depressing. You just feel like perhaps there is no hope. But I think mm-hmm. not to your second question, I do think there is hope because I feel like as humanity, we've gone through worse. And we have actually been able, it's, we've ended up being able to deal with it. We've become more resilient. And out of that, we've actually been able to kind of like just restructure things. Uh, one of the huge biggest problems that I think we had was just, and we still have it now, when you look at the gap between the rich and the poor, that's just, that's, that's insane. That mm-hmm. is not okay. Um, so perhaps with everything that's happening, maybe that's gonna create a world that there is more equity. Um, mm. now we are even seeing innovations that are coming out of all the crises that are actually going to help create more equity, for example, blockchain. Um, mm. so I do believe out of this, people will become more resilient. People will figure out solutions that have never been thought of before. And in, eventually we're going to emerge to be better human beings than, than we were going through the crisis. So, mm-hmm. I, I, yes, I, I do think there is hope for the, for the world. I think human beings are just amazing. And I think we'll be able to just get through this. Yeah. So we're becoming better as humans, right? Because I've, I've been having also a bit of that sense that says uh, we're kind of getting smarter at this human thing. We are uh, more or less learning to realize that uh, actually none of these plans, none of these uh, machinations and programs and will uh, are changing us or are changing what we need to do, which is mm-hmm. exactly the sum of the stuff you've already spoken about. Leave your purpose, show up and be 
the best human being you can be in your space mm-hmm. yeah, in this instance. So I'm hearing that. What don't people understand about the continent? Oh, our continent of Africa. Yes. yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure. That's a shit too. That too. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I've traveled, but I think some of the questions that I get, and I'm sure you get this as well. You were just talking about this before, yeah. uh, before we started with the show. It's just it's it's the fact that people think Africa is, is one country. It's like, hey, you come from Africa. Like, it's this one country. They do not realize there are 54 countries on yes. the continent. They yes. do not realize there are many ethnic groups and even within the countries, there are different ethnic groups and different yes. communities. Yes. Um, then there is this notion where the continent is full of poverty because that's what has been sold. Yeah. So, of course, there is a lot of patronizing about like oh like how can i help you and really sometimes mm. like how can we help you how as a can i help you because <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of amazing stuff so there is all this notion of oh it's it's about aids and hiv aids and mm-hmm. everyone is poor and they need charity and all this stuff and i'm like no there's actually a lot of innovation that's happening on the continent now we don't need charity it's actually the best place to invest Yes. at the moment when you look at the returns yes. um african people are amazing or of mm. course sometimes you travel and people will be like hey do you buy this clothes at the airport and you're like yeah i live with the lions in the bush and i wear yes. skins you know <laughs> like people will just tell you all this kind of crap <laughs> or where did you learn to speak english you must be a child of a minister or a king I was like, yeah, the only people who speak English on the continent are people who are brought up in the palace. It's, it's crazy. It's insane. Um, it is, I, right? I, I, love. I, think, I think it's funny. And yeah. sometimes it depends on who it is. I'll try to educate some people. Some people will be like, I'm, I'm not going to help you. Like, you, yeah. are, you are in trouble. <laughs> you need to travel. If yeah. that's what you're thinking about Africa, you are in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but I do think Africa is one of the most amazing place to live in. I, I've, I'm really, I feel at home here. Mm. Um, and I think even for people who come, and I have a lot of diasporans who have come and lived here, mm. they love it because there is something that we have gotten it right. When yes. it comes to community, we yes. know how to treat our people. When it yes. comes to providing support, and even with all the trauma that happened with the COVID-19 crisis, I think yes. this is one of the continents that we had the least suicide cases because of how we we yeah. know how to love yeah. and have this community where we, yeah. we support each other. Like it's not very individualistic where you feel like you're alone, you have to do everything alone. So I think yeah. the certain things that we, we've done very well when it mm-hmm. comes to family values and how we raise family, I think it's one of the best place to be, to start a mm-hmm. family as compared to places like the US, I live in the US, it's yeah. really hard in the US. So there yeah. are certain things that you've gotten right and I think it's up to, to us to really be loud and proud and ask the world, how can we help you with these issues? Because we've mm-hmm. gotten these issues right. Yeah, which then this, I think you've answered it a little bit, uh, that says, uh, so with all the stuff that you've described around where the world is and all of that, what can Africa bring to the world? What do you think, uh, what value, what, what, is, what do you think Africa can bring to the world? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I think we still, when we look at SDGs and like some of the, the sustainable development goals and those mm. as big global issues, mm. I don't think that Africa is where some of the innovation and solution would actually be able to be created. Mm. And that's because one, we understand the problems better because we've lived with the pro- problem. So mm. of course we would be in a better place to create innovations around some of those issues. I don't think those are solutions that are going to come from someone who's never experienced the problem. Mm. Um, the other thing is also like I was talking about in terms of just community and what community needs to be. Mm. I do think that we are doing a very good job on that. And I think that's something that we need to share on how to go about it. Mm. Um, just the idea of living individualistic lives, it doesn't work when you're going through hard periods. Um, and I yeah. think that's what the number one yes. uh, reason that people commit suicide uh, because of just they feel isolated and we are not supposed to live in a solution. We are supposed to live in loving mm. communities, in loving unions. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think those are the two that yeah. that come to mind, and also and and also with the issue of this is tricky. Maybe I should not say this, but I'll just yeah. say this on top of my mind. Like again, also when it comes to democracy, I think that's something that I think in the past the way we were organized as a continent, it was not in a democratic way, but it seemed to work. And now we are seeing. Um, we, we are seeing as looking at that's what's happening in the US. Like, I think democracy is being challenged. We saw what happened after the Trump presidency. I wouldn't get into the details on that, but mm-hmm. we saw what happened there. Uh, we're seeing what is happening in the UK, um, with Boris Johnson exiting. So, okay. I think there's a lot of, I think we should all question democracy. I'm not saying yes, yes, it, it doesn't work. But I think we ought to question it and yes. and also question some of the Western ideals that we have taken yeah. as a continent. Yeah. Of course, culture changes. And of course, there are certain ideas that we have to take from other people. Other You have to take the best. So mm. I'm not saying don't take ideas from the Western, mm. uh, the Western world. There are yeah. some that are actually amazing ideas. But we have to question some of these things that we are adapting as a continent yeah. and, and just perhaps figure out a, a different structure. I don't know what that structure would be, yeah. but yeah. it's good when you question, especially when you see it, if it's not working in the US, if it's not working in the UK, yeah. and with all that happened with us being colonized, it's still really not working well on the continent. Why yeah. don't we figure out a different system? I don't know what that system would be. Yeah. Um, then just be the leaders in that and kind of like just maybe teach the world. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. say we, we, we have that as a solution, but yeah. I think yeah. we could. Yeah, we could I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I, I think yes, you're right. It could come across most of the time as a very confident, as a very uh, controversial stance to take. Um, uh, but if you think about the cases of Singapore, if you think about 
um, uh, what China itself managed to do. They've managed to customize a particular economic systems, a particular political systems in alignment with what the community is looking for instead of working on some a single module. Uh, Switzerland is a fascinating case study that I always use around how uh, government is irrelevant uh, there uh, in, in this instance, and it still gets done because they have just a few managers that are managing a whole country, but they, get, they are not in charge of the country. The people are in charge country. It's fascinating. And I think what I'm hearing you say, which I echo quite quite, quite loudly, is that we, we, we need to take moments, we t- need to take opportunities ourselves as well to explore what would it look like if it was um, if, 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 if it were to work for the 1.3 billion people across all of these very different 54 countries. <laughs> the United States of Africa. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> you are on Book Online Radio, and I am wrapping up um, when we come back uh, with uh, Regina Jima. Uh, during her tenure, uh, Regina led an eightfold expansion of countries running global innovation challenges. And before then, she was a program manager of the Global Startup Program for Singularities Flagship Entrepreneurship Program. So if there's any person you need to be speaking about when it comes to entrepreneurship and innovation, um, is this lady and and I asked uh, uh, Christina uh, at uh, Singularity Australia uh, the other day: Is there hope uh, from innovation? Uh, so I'm go- I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you that question when we come back. But um, also, what is that challenge that you're um, wanting to uh, to leave the listeners with? But for now, we need to take a quick break, and we'll be back on the Hope Maker Show. Memorize this simple route. Left, right, third right, second left, right. One more time. Left, right, third right, second left, right. Got it? Great. Now try doing that same route back. See? Memorizing where you came from is easy. Getting back there, not so much. That's why Smart has Ready to Spot, which finds the route back to your car in a split second. And it's left, second right, third left, left right, by the way. Smart. My people, welcome back uh, to the Hope Maker Show. And uh, we are talking uh, to Regina, Executive Director at Giza Africa. Is there hope in innovation, uh, Regina? Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Definitely, there is hope in in innovation. I think. Um, I think we there are, there are a lot of problems that we are facing as humanity. I wouldn't say this are the most we've ever experienced. Actually, I think we are living through some of the most positive times ever. Looking at all mm. the challenges. The numbers are really good. This is, I think, the best in terms of since, yeah, this, the, the numbers are really amazing. And, yeah. and I really think one of the reasons for that is because of the innovations that have been created. Yeah. Um, there, there is hope in innovation because innovation is a solution. It, it's a way of dealing with a problem 
Because mm. if you do, if you have an issue, if you have a challenge, if you have a problem, if you're not going to look at that problem as an opportunity and try to solve it, like mm. what other option do you have really? Like continue mm. just lamenting and complaining about that same issue. Mm. Um, so I do think there is a lot of hope in, in, in innovation. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So currently in Kenya, we are having our elections right now at the moment. Uh, we ah, yes. Voted yes. A yes. few days ago, we, I think the president would be announced perhaps tonight or tomorrow. We are all crossing our fingers. It's very mm. nerve-wracking, yes. waiting for the results, and it's really tight. But I think one of the challenges that we've had, talking of problems we've had in Kenya, and I think in most parts of the continent, and actually not in the continent, the entire world, including the U.S., is when there is this issue of voter fraud or rigging. We've had Trump again, even con- like just um, it's, it's, <laughs> like I don't know what the right word to use, but yes, like yes. I get he, you, of course, yeah. Yes. Um, so we, we we saw we we saw what happened with Trump just saying that yeah. the yeah. democracy when he tried to steal the election, as they say, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it, that's insane. But yeah. of course, when you look at that's an issue that's affecting low-income country, high-income countries, one way of solving that issue is innovation. And that will come by creating systems that will be able to create a lot of transparency mm-hmm. on the voters, on, on the voter system. When you mm-hmm. look at other issues that we are actually facing as a continent right now, is there is drought, there is famine. Um, there are countries that actually have already are going into farming. Even here in Kenya, there are parts of Kenya where um, it's really bad. So of course, when you look at that, is we've done there's there's our farming practices, our agricultural practices that we've been doing, we've been doing the same, we've been farming the same way over and over again, and that's not yes. working. We cannot be relying on rain. We cannot be relying on weather. How can we innovate our way out of that and be able to provide food? And again, mm. con- the continent of Africa is we have one of the biggest chunk of arable land i think we should be able to feed ourselves and also be able to feed the entire continent but at the moment we are importing food as a continent we're yeah. importing food that's worth 30 billion dollars every single year i think that's just insane um, that's just it's wrong it's insane and we can feed our own people so of yeah. course there is a lot of innovation that needs to come out of that and that issue when you think of an issue like that it means there's a lot of money to be made so if you're importing food that's worth $30 billion. That means you can start a company and that company can have a market cap of $30 billion US dollars. That's a massive company. So yeah. of course, when you're looking at problems, it's yes, we can be able to innovate our way out of that. And that's why I think there is a lot of hope. And Africans are very smart. Yeah. Um, so we, you have interacted with so many Africans. We are, I think we are very smart. There's a lot of stereotype on Africans not being smart, but we are extremely smart. Mm-hmm. We are very resilient. We mm-hmm. know how to solve problems. So mm-hmm. of course, with that, there's definitely hope in innovation and in solving problems via innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And innovation doesn't necessarily means using technology. Yes. Um, it's great to use technology for scale. Yes. But it's not, oh, you have to use technology. There are different ways of coming up with a solution without using technology. 
Yes. I like that correction at the end, the, the, the reframe. It's not even a correction, just the reframe at the end. Because many times when people think um, innovation, they think technology, when in fact, you could really be be a different way of thinking about the issue. And I'm speaking of hope and countries. I think one of the thing, the places that give me hope, I think I spoke to you, tell you, told you when we started, um, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm hopeful about what's happening in Lusaka and, and, and them starting to, ah, not Lusaka, in, in, in Zambia, thinking about how to, do we use land to become the breadbasket for the world uh, instead mm-hmm. of the other way around. And I hope they get to they get to get it right. What the world needs now is complete that sentence. What the world now needs is um, unity and love. <laughs> I, think, I think for sure unity. Um, there's a lot of fragmentation that we are seeing, and it's it's all, all parts of the world. Yes. Um, I think right here on the continent, I think we could do a better job of just being more Pan-African. I'd, I'd love to see a more yeah. Pan-African Africa than just all this fragmentation yeah. where I, I literally, I go to Nigeria, I feel at home. I actually I do feel at home when I go to most African country. Yeah. But just to use an example, like in any country that I need to go, I need to just go and feel like this is home. We are, yeah. This is global. It's a, it's a global, it's a global world. So I do think we need a lot of unity. Uh, we are seeing that also in the US, in the UK, in Brazil, in Mexico, where there's a lot of fragmentation, mostly around like politically and also around class. Um, that's, just, that's just creating a lot of division that's not helping anyone. Mm. Then right here on the continent, it's just the countries are separating within the country. There's the ethnic groups that are just having conflict and there's a lot of division. So I really think we need to look at ourselves as as humanity. We are one people. It doesn't yeah. matter the color of your skin. It doesn't yeah. matter the color of your eyes. It doesn't matter how the texture of your hair. We yeah. are one humanity. And I think we need to look at each other more like we're brothers and sisters and how can yes. we... If I thrive, everyone else thrives, right? And that's yes. why I really love that you talked about Ubuntu at the beginning. It's actually it's a philosophy that we use also at Kizo Africa, yes. where yeah. uh, I am because we are. It's not just about pushing for my own. It's really pushing for the entire community and really knowing if everyone thrives. Yes. If, like the, For example, if Africa thrives, the entire world is going to thrive. The whole world yeah. thrives, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the kind of mindset that we need to have. So it's not like, hey, you have to put some other people down and other people up. It's when mm. one group thrives, every single person thrives. And it's actually mm. to the benefit of every single person. So I'd, I'd say unity is, is a big one for me. And of course, to create that unity, of course, there has to be something that they are born that's bonding us together. And that, that's just love. Yeah. Um, just, just loving people irrespective of how, how they look, what the economic status is where they live, just knowing that we are all the same person. Anatomically, we are the same. Yes, I love that. Uh, you just echoed my favorite song there that triggered this question. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, not just for some, but for everyone. And I think you've just said that. <laughs> okay, and you can sing. It's amazing. <laughs> 
No, no. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Let's close. Um, that, that challenge that you are going to give to the, to the listeners, what challenge do you want to leave the listeners with? I think it's maybe it's going back to what I had talked about before, mm. that I do believe we all have an opportunity to be the best versions of ourselves at mm. any given moment i think for example saying like oh you know i'm 80 years this is the best i can be i think that's such it, it's a really wrong mindset we all need to have a growth mindset where we are constantly challenging ourselves to be the better version of ourselves yeah um and that really starts from from inside like how can i make myself a better person don't even even before you start thinking about other people how can you be a better person and for mm. me one of the things that i really love and i don't even i love that I, when i grow old i feel like i'm a wiser person sometimes i look back and i'm and i'm like oh my gosh that's how i was in my 20s is that how i was thinking <laughs> you know it's like it's disappointing you know but of course i, I grew out of that so i love growing old i, I feel like I'm, i become a better person i become a better version of myself but of course there's work that you have to do you don't become a better person without working on yourself and i think the biggest challenge is really working on ourselves like just fig- figuring out who am i as a person going to the people that love you and asking them to give you constructive feedback on who you are you may actually realize things that you didn't even know about yourself, then trying to work out of those issues. And I'd say, go to the people that love you. <laughs> Don't go to anyone <laughs> because some people will just try to put you down. So make yes. sure it's someone who will actually give you constructive feedback without making you feel like you're, you're useless. Yes. So I think it's doing work on yourself. So I think the challenge that I'd like to leave our listener is just do one thing. And I, I'm, here I'm just saying one thing. Don't do 10 or 20 or five. Don't even write a list of five things. Just yeah. to take one thing yes. that's going to make you to be a better version of yourself. And I don't know what that is for yes. you, but just take that one challenge, one action, just one action that will make you to be a better version of yourself. And then when you take that action, have a deadline, have a timeline on when do you want to have achieved it. It depends on what you pick. So for some people, it may be something that you can be able to achieve within a weeks, months. Uh, so just pick an action to help you become a better person of yourself and have a deadline so that at least you can work towards that. Then you can pick another challenge after you've already worked on this one challenge. Yes. That's a good note to live it on. She is an innovation catalyst on creating abundant and uh, looking for creating an abundant Africa and uh, the founder of Kizo, Kizo Ventures, bringing Silicon Valley insights to Africa as a startup. But mostly she is passionate about having intimate conversations with people and making sure that people do one thing to better themselves. We always close the show with a song. What song can I play for you to close the show? Uh, I think I'd say Bob Marley, one love, one. <laughs> you just you put that idea when you're singing. I got that really idea. Go. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, who, who else can we code, right? Uh, who else uh-huh. can we code? And when people want to connect with you, um, how, how do they do that? 
Um, so I think the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Um, as you had, I'm um, Regina Njima, Regina Njima, N-J-I-M-A. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram by LinkedIn. <laughs> Instagram yeah. or LinkedIn, you'll find me yeah. there. Um, yeah. And this has been a pleasure. It's It's been amazing just having this conversation with you and just talking about issues of the heart and just hope. I think uh, I think hope is very, very important. And I've also, I've just even for me, just talking, just off the cuff, um, yeah. it's challenging. And also, I feel like I'm also, I'm learning. And I also, I'll pick that same challenge that I've asked people to do, to take. I'll also take a challenge myself. Yes. So, so I can be able to get something out of this as well. It's been amazing talking to you. And thank you so much for inviting me. No, thank you for making the time to talk to us, uh, Regina. Thank you for the work that you're doing for the world and contributing uh, to our continent in, in the way that you do. And to you as the listener, thank you for being with us. I hope you got something that uh, uh, gets you uh, becoming a better version of yourself after this. And remember, Hope is the seed of data in our heads that tells us it will be all right if we nurture it. Just breathe. And here is Pop Money, One Love. The home of inspiration every every day. Most people give up on themselves easily. You know the human spirit is powerful. From news. Countries across the globe have been hit by the COVID-19 virus. Views. There's a global trend uh, to see an increase in GBV incidences, specifically domestic violence, violence, violence. Sports. What do you say? It's a really good goal. It's Shabalala. And music to inspire you every day. This is Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. station. station.